0: and health and wellness coach for over 22 years, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of women transform their bodies. And what I've learned is the key to all success starts with transforming your thinking. My mission for this podcast is to enlighten and brighten your day. Here I- we are. <laughs> it's, it's last week threw a few people out of the water, and it threw us out of the water. And what I mean by that is gaslighting created conversation and we. I just wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you to all the brave, courageous ladies and there was a, a guy that emailed in as well um, for, for sending in what they loved about the podcast and that they'd never heard about gaslighting was a couple of people and other people were I'm really struggling with this episode and being the giver. And the receiver of gaslighting so um, it was really really insightful for us and we had a really good conversation about that and you know both of us being in that position where we have been someone that has been someone that's gaslit somebody else and we have been on the receiving end where we've both been gaslit from someone. Did I say that around the right way? That's the right way. yep. So what we wanted to do today was do a little bit of a deep dive on how you might want to take more responsibility on how you are responding emotionally. Because what came up for us and a few of our clients last week, especially our relationship coaching last week, is that what happens if I'm the person that's been gaslighting someone and I didn't even know about it? And a lot of people have actually said that I'm actually guilty of that. And I just want to say go you for having the courage to be honest and vulnerable and tell us because we have been exactly the same just because it's this word going out right now it doesn't mean that we're not guilty and what I wanted to share with you today is nine strategies or nine steps really on how to be more emotionally mature so that means that mm-hmm. you're going to be an adult like you're going to have to actually put the big girl yeah, on your own the- <laughs> or the big girl, girl big boy undies on I'm gone <laughs> and the reason we thought this would be a fantastic episode is when we had a chat about this earlier and when we were speaking to clients what we spoke about was there's been times in our lives when we haven't had the emotional maturity to respond in a way that we're proud of. So we're quite embarrassed and we tend to hide how we've reacted in relationships in the past. And and what I mean by that is when we're talking about gaslighting, sometimes you may have partners, you, like you and you, right? We may have had partners in the past where they wanted some clarity or certainty or validation Um, Or wanted to feel significant, and they may potentially have voiced what they needed. And at the time, and I'll speak for myself here, and, and Sam, you might want to jump in too, is I actually didn't have the emotional maturity to take on, let alone listen to what their needs were. I was too busy reacting or feeling judged or feeling not good enough. Like, I guess you could say it was a little bit of a trigger. So, rather than be an adult and have the emotional maturity to have those uh, adult conversations, I guess we'll call them today, is I would react like a spoiled little brat and I would shut the conversation down. So, I would be the person that would be gaslighting my partner and in relationships and even my team, even um, my staff, you know, friends and family. Like, I've certainly been guilty of that and now understanding what gaslighting is and how that impacts your life not only while, it, while you're receiving it but also is giving it. Um, I want to take responsibility for how I show up in the world and I want to be able to give you the tools so that if you want to show up better and respond better and have better relationships and have more intimate relationships and connect at a deeper level with your friends, your family, your partners and be less reactive and more proactive, then this is the podcast for you. Yep, absolutely. So what was, it? Was anything you wanted to add to that before we move into these beautiful nine steps?
1: No, I just think that a lot of us hide. A lot of us um, don't want, like you was saying before, you don't want to face whatever has been brought up. So instead we become little spoiled brats or behave like children and throw our toys out of the cot and walk away. Because we haven't really been taught how to, a lot of us have not been taught how to have those re- those conversations that potentially might feel quite uncomfortable, and we often take things really personally. But most often, it's not it's not actually personal. It's actually just your partner, or your friend, or your sibling, or your somebody in your life mm. um, sharing how they're feeling at and, that time. At the time, and if you're not able to be open enough to actually listen and to find out why and how it can change and what you can do and or just even just stop and listen. We tend to attack straight away. That's quite often when your gaslighting happens because you basically just shove their feelings back down their throat. And I'm not like I'm not even ready I'm not talking to you and you just push it back on them. Rather than taking responsibility. So I think we're all guilty. Of some level of gaslighting. I don't think anybody's mm. the golden child. So
0: we want to be clear about that. Yeah, is it's that, not
1: about it's you being a bad person because you've mm. been a gaslighter. We have all been gaslighters.
0: We've all. I'm done pretty it. sure we have. Like yeah. we uh, are totally generalizing <laughs> here. And maybe we have. We um, can yeah, absolutely. Mother Teresa it.
1: maybe didn't. Maybe she didn't. I'd, I'd give. It, I'd say she'd probably be pretty good. But I don't want you to feel guilty because you've suddenly thought, whoa, I'm a gaslighter. That does not make you a bad person. Mm. That just means that you've got a strategy that you've been rolling with that's probably not
0: working that well for you. And here's some nine steps nine. to help you. Okay, so number one is set boundaries. Okay, so why does that matter? Why do, why do you think that we need to set boundaries? I think that
1: you have to have clear communication mm. real, about your boundaries to people around you. And the people that are close to you. Mm. Because it makes
0: um, Your relationships, I guess, resentment yeah. free.
1: Because if, if people understand or know what your boundaries are, so what's okay and what's not okay for you, then they know where to stop. You know, like if, if you haven't set a boundary, people will keep pushing and pushing and pushing get more and more and more and more out of you, and then you get mad, then you get resentful, they get resentful because now suddenly you've said, Whoa, but for the for the last twelve years you've been saying, Okay, I've got
0: this. Even though you don't want to do it. mm. Even though you're committing to something that is not going to light you up. Even though you're saying yes when you know it should have been a fuck no. So people pleasers,
1: People pleasers. This is for you. This is massive. This is really, really hard for me. I find it really challenging to set boundaries and to tell people what's okay and not okay for me.
0: So I'm more likely. I've
1: got lots better. But I'm more likely to get trodden on for a long time and feel like... People take advantage of your kindness. That's what if you feel like people take advantage of you, that's probably because you haven't set good boundaries.
0: Yeah, or you're blaming other people. They always do this to me. So if you're you're hearing yourself and you're saying, it's them, it's them, it's them, it's them. them." And gosh, they always do this to me. If you're noticing the language that you're using and it comes from a place of resentment, we might just encourage you to look at your boundaries. Have you actually shared? What your needs are? Do you actually know what your needs are? Or are you investing time in other people and what their needs are so that you don't have to look after your needs?
1: Now, now, one of the good example of this one that's, um I've come across with a lot of my clients mm. is they're supposed to finish work at 4.30. <laughs> that's just and a classic. every day, or well, definitely every day that one of my clients has to see me for a personal training session, she's always running late. She's always behind schedule because her boss at 10 past 4 messaged her and said, I need this done by the end of the day. And it's not a 20 minute job, it's a one hour job. So there's a really strong boundary place because potentially the other person that works under the same boss has said, I finished at 4.30, I've got to go. I'm picking my kids up from school, that's it, I've got to go. So the boss doesn't ever give the jobs to that lady because she's set the boundary that at 4.30 I leave. Whereas if you're the person that goes, okay, I'll just fit it in, bosses, guilty as well. Very guilty. I've done it many times to my staff. Yes, we have. I have actually asked them to do something and knowing that they're almost finished or they might not get enough time, but ask them anyway. And then when they say yes, you know the people that say yes, you go to them again and again because you know that the job will get done. So bosses out there, be really conscious, aware of how you're doing this to your staff potentially. And for staff members out there, mm. if you're supposed to finish work at 4.30 and that's your normal time, you do 8 till 4.30, try not to get stuck there till 5.30 every day.
0: <laughs> be ruthless. <laughs> like, set your boundaries because this impacts your energy, yeah. right? And this is about how you can be more emotionally mature. Because by saying yes all the time doesn't mean that you're being emotionally mature. It means you're being a doormat. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> I like it.
0: Do you? Yeah. Number okay. Two. Practice the pause, What does that mean? You tell me because I'm going to practice it. (laughs) Because this is hard for me.
1: Okay, so you have to learn to pause and breathe before you habitually react or make an impulsive decision. So it's, or just, or choice or whatever. Basically, it's the whoa man moment. (laughs) Just whoa, 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 pause. Take a breath in,
0: then speak
1: rather than rah.
0: And I'll just share with you quickly a story. So, when I was at high school a few years ago, I was called into the principal's office on one of those many occasions, and she was telling me off for something. I can't even remember what it was. And of course, I'm being reactive, right? And then she said to me, Ursh, can I please give you some advice? And I was like, no. And she's like, uh, I need to give you some advice. I was like, Sure. And I'm rolling my eyes and I'm thinking, how am I going to respond? And she said, when you go through life, before you open your mouth, I want you to count to three. One, two, three, and then reply. Because that will keep you out of trouble. <laughs> See, so that's how this. you do it. That's how you do it, people. So practice on the pause, count to three. Ursh may count to five or ten some days and that's okay because, you know, we're high achievers, we like to count to ten. There's no right or wrong, but just remember if you want to have more emotional maturity and be available for those people that you love and show up as a, as a better version of yourself, this is practice number two. Right, number three is actually see their perspective. So think about what someone might be feeling
1: or thinking. Right, and it's okay if it's different to you, you'll have more access to the empathy even when you don't agree. So, we always feel like we need to be right for some reason. We always feel like we have to be right, we're right, they're wrong. But just think the other person is thinking exactly the same thing, they're thinking they're right, and you're wrong. So, if you actually just pause for a moment and try to see from the other person's perspective, how are they viewing the situation versus how you are, doesn't mean that they're right, doesn't mean that you're right. It just shows there's two perspectives and might actually open your eyes to something different.
0: And one of the things that we um, teach our uh, clients, our couples, right? So we do a lot of couples uh, around marriage and relationships is, and we ask this question, is it more important that you're right? Or is it more important that your wife or your husband's happy? Because what's at the end of the day, do you want to be remembered for being right? Or do you want to be remembered for being the supportive partner? And when we learned this, when we trained, I was like, hmm, I can see in the past that it's been really important that I wanted to always be right. But when you always tune into and tone in, like, I've oh, got to be right, I've got to be right, I've got to be right. You're actually unconsciously putting up a war between you and someone that you love. And is that how you want to treat someone that you love? I don't think so. So, yep. let's see their perspective. And for some of you, look at me, look at me. I know it's going to be a challenge to suck it up, princess. Do it. It makes a massive difference in your relationships. Huge, huge, huge.
1: And even if you're still inside, I'm right, you're wrong. You don't have to verbalize it. It's not important. It's not important that they know that you were the one and that you won. You didn't win. No one's winning. You're both mad and you're both upset at this point.
0: So there's actually no winners. There's no winners. And and the winning is the person that can let the shit go. Mm. That's who the winner is because otherwise you're holding on to useless energy that doesn't serve your greatest good. Okay. The next one is learn how to deal with disappointment. Just learn. Learn how to do it. Things that don't go the way that we expected, right? You've got to learn to let that shit go.
1: It's a part of life. Everything's Mm. going to, there's nothing's ever going to be perfect. Nothing's always going to go the way you expect. And when we learn how to cope with disappointment, that's like golden. Then we feel more empowered.
0: So that's all about behavioral flexibility. And knowing, just quickly, and we won't go into too much depth on this, it's just a, a lack of trust. It's just a lack of trust when it's either trust in self or trust in other people. And it's that perfectionist coming back into play. So if you can relate to being a perfectionist, disappointment for you is going to be a little bit of a gap. How do I know this? This is probably one of my biggest ones and I've certainly got better and I'm certainly not a master. It's certainly something that I'm working on every single day. So when we learn to deal with disappointment we become more proactive as opposed to reactive and when we are that person, especially those people that are struggling with health conditions, anyone that's got autoimmune like myself, listen up. We've got to balance our nervous system. And when we're in fight, flight or freeze, guess what? We're not dealing with disappointment. We're too busy being resentful and reactive as opposed to being calm and balanced. So if you can just think about how can I have or apply more behavioral flexibility right now in this situation. And one of the sayings that Urs says
1: all the time, so whenever she might get into a position where she's disappointed with something, she will turn around and say, life is happening for me, not to me. Because if you always think that life is happening for me, because disappointment is like, this always happens to me. Why does it always happen this way? I'm mm-hmm. always, I'm always, I'm always. Whereas you actually think life is happening for me, there is a reason why it has turned out the way it's turned out. And good, bad... Who knows?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, Jay Shetty. Good, bad, who knows? All right, the next one. Learn how to meet your needs. (gasps) What? What are these things that you are talking about? Practice and understanding your needs and learning how to meet them takes work. Mm. Like, we expect, okay, again, I'm going to generalize here, so I don't want to say that. I don't know about you but in the past I've expected in my relationships, family, friends or intimate relationships, that they they should be mind readers. Like why don't they understand that what I need right now? And if I don't understand what I need, how are they even going to understand what I need? So when when we understand what our needs are, right, it allows us to communicate with other people what we actually need, right, rather than just expecting them to know. Because I am guilty of that.
1: I think most wives are bad at it, and we're two wives, so therefore it's really bad. But, but you know, (laughs) if you think about so many couples, women, we get so, Mm. mm, men come home, they don't know what's happened, they don't understand how to help you, they say the wrong thing, then you snap at them, and then they hide. And then they don't know what to do, and they can't fix it because men would like to fix their wives. They want to make sure that you're okay. They want generally want to take care of you. Happy they wife, want,
0: happy life. They want to be
1: your hero. But if you don't tell them how they can do it or what they need to do to to feel like that they are filling the role of being your hero, mm-hmm. then they can't. They don't feel good either because they they can see you're upset. They see you're mad, and potentially it could end up in a fight because they don't know what they're doing. And if you're not telling them, it does make it challenging.
0: So being a little bit mature here and understanding what you need and this is going to require vulnerability and courage right to share exactly how you're feeling because in the past maybe just maybe your feelings have been neglected and you felt judged, or you felt like people are blaming or shaming you, so you just tend to shut down more. So when we think about how we're feeling, you know, like maybe when you were crying, your mum said, there's no, you shouldn't be crying. What do you got to cry about? Maybe your dad said that. Maybe your brother said that. We've got no time for sadness here. So if your emotions were suppressed or not encouraged when you were growing up, This is going to be a little bit challenging for you because you learned to shut your emotions down, which meant you didn't actually understand what you need. Mm -hmm. So just having the courage and the vulnerability to be able to say, honey, right now, this is how I'm feeling. And a simple example is we were putting out wallpaper in the gym yesterday and I'd just done a walk. I walked in the back door and Sam's standing on this really tall ladder holding up this heavy wallpaper. And she said, babe, I need you right now. I need to get this and this and that. And she just threw instructions at me. And I was just like, whoa. whoa." And I was just like, right now I'm actually dizzy. And right now I just need to sit down. And right now I need to have some sugar. And there was a part of me that was like, I've got to really step up here and, and be here because of this, 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 and this. And I went into fight or flight. And I thought, hmm, said, honey, right now, I can't do this. I just need to take five minutes to actually sit down on the um, stage, grab me a protein shake and just bring my heart rate down. And she's like, oh, yes, sweet as. Like it wasn't life or death, right? Don't be thinking, I mean, I know she's on the ladder, but it's like, we can put the wallpaper down. I just said, I'm really sorry. I just needed to take five minutes. Because me climbing up the ladder when I was feeling a little spaced out wasn't going to be useful. Now in the past, Ursh would have gone up the ladder, got resentful, got mad because Sam couldn't mind read that I wasn't feeling well. Anyone else relate to that? So high five to me. For languaging what I needed in the moment, being okay, working through the guilt, working through the fact that I could be letting my wife down, and also languaging what I needed at the time. Now, sometimes your partner may be like, but I need it right now, and that's okay. You just got to keep putting your big girl undies on and showing up and keep sharing what you need in the moment, and Mm. that's okay. All right. And it can also be that you just need a hug. Look, I'm I'm just really sad right now, or
1: I'm really something right now, and I just need... I just need you to give me a big hug.
0: And a really common one is a lot of people at the moment with so much uncertainty are just needing that one person, that rock beside them, just to hold them and say, we're going to get through this, regardless of whatever is happening externally to them. And that is just enough reassurance for them to move out of fight or flight and to be able to take a breath, own their emotions. Not catastrophize things and then take the next step. All right, the next one. Next mm-hmm. one is let people have their reactions.
1: Ah! This is like this is probably this is me a lot. Staying grounded yep. in your emotional state instead of trying to go and fix other people when they are upset or when they are disappointed or so. It will always create. Um, what is it? When you're trying to fix other people, you're trying to sort them out all the time. And a lot of us do that. The minute somebody cries, we're like, oh, let me, and you just try and fix them all the time. At an
0: unconscious level.
1: But if you actually just stop, like, it's is really good. Like we've had in the past, I've, I'm, all, I'm very much a fix person. I just want everything to be okay. And you'll probably find that a lot, but you might find a lot of husbands are like that. They just want to fix things. They want to make sure everything's okay. But sometimes you actually just need to listen and allow your partner to express their emotions and have their emotion reaction or whatever, sit there calmly, listen, and then just validate how they feel rather than going and then trying to fix everything.
0: Because fixing it
1: doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I'll give you a little touch. It does not work. (laughs) When your wife is going a little bit batshit crazy, you just got to keep nodding. I'm really sorry, honey. I'm really sorry, honey. As opposed to, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? And this is for mums too with your kids, right? Or even for work colleagues. This goes across the board in relationships. And when we... Offer advice to people that they have not asked for, they feel like they have not been heard. And that's probably the, the best. If you remember, if you don't remember anything else about this podcast, please remember that one, is when people are talking to you, we don't take the time anymore to let people react to certain things because we want to shut them down. And that's maybe because it triggers us, we don't like them angry, we don't like them sad because those are parts of us that we want to suppress. However, what it also does is it means that your partner, your kids, your friends, your family are never feeling heard. So just give them that beautiful gift of being seen and being heard and without trying to fix it. And I know that that's a challenge. It's it's certainly been something that's made our relationship a lot stronger. And every so often, like maybe once every six months, Sam will go and do and be like, babe, Mm. and I just do that, babe. Right now, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen. And she'll be like, whoa, I'm sorry. Actually, you're so right. And that's really hard for me to say. And it's really hard for Sam to say initially. And now we're so confident in our roles and what our needs are. um, We can actually language that so that we don't live in our heads anymore. We come more from a heart space. We can share at a deeper, more uh, intimate uh, level. And that's taken our marriage to a whole other ballgame. Which we love and, and we mess shit up all the time. We and I think it's just because
1: you tell your partner once, don't, you don't have to mm. fix me, just listen, doesn't mean that they're going to get it. You just have to keep reminding them and don't get mad. And sometimes you might get a little bit mad, but then apologize. <laughs> and just because they're doing the best they can with the information that they have and the skills they have. So the more you tell them, the better. Nice. I love that. Okay. okay. And know when you are low or emotional,
0: on emotional resources. So when you're tired, when you're moody and you're not feeling like yourself, like this can happen, especially with women around period time, especially now with so much uncertainty. Maybe you're a mum and your kids have got lots of functions after school and you've got to go and pick them up. Um, Maybe you've got demands at work and you haven't set boundaries. Maybe your friends are going through um, relationship issues right now, so you're investing all your time there. So when your energy is low, you need to know so that you can protect yourself and you can you can simply answer like when people say can you do this can you do this and this might be a little bit challenging for most people right is you could respond as I'm not in the right headspace I'm not I'm not in the right headspace right now so um, I'm keeping to myself I'm not in the right headspace right now and as soon as I'm feeling better I'm 100% there for you I'm just not in the right headspace now. Thank you for thinking of me anyway. And sometimes we put other people's needs before our own, which means we end up emotionally low. So we get drained because we've allowed someone else to tap into our battery. So when you are sick, when you are run down, when you are feeling flustered, when you're struggling with overwhelm, procrastination, all of those emotions... I want you just to think about what is the one thing that you could do for you today that would lift your energy. Maybe you're going to have a coffee with a girlfriend that lifts you up, uh, a boyfriend that lifts you up. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, who's going to bring energy to you and not take energy away from you? Because we tend to end up on a spiral, right? And when we're going down, it's like, jump on that boat and get down there faster. And before you know it, you're in bed sick. So what I want you to think about is how can we stop that pattern and that pattern starts with you identifying when you're getting burnt out and again struggling with burnout for the last 10 years this is a big bloody lesson that I've had to learn isn't it (laughs) it's a huge lesson like when I'm low I still want to give and give and give because it makes me get my significance need met it makes me feel useful it makes me feel helpful let me tell you, it also means I don't have to deal with my own shit. Does anyone feel me? Okay, moving on, we don't want to go any further. Don't take it personal.
1: <laughs> I've sort of mentioned this before a little bit, but people's behavior is a, is a reflection of their inner world. Yes, right? Um, and it's really about the people outside, right? It's usually always about what's going on inside for them and it's okay to feel hurt. It's okay. And there's no need to get into shame or self-blame cycle and all that shit. Remember the
0: shame, blame and complain game. We don't need to take it personally, right? Because everyone is human. We all go through emotional states up and down. We have good days, we have bad days. We have great moments, we have bad moments. Cool. All emotions are welcome and encouraged. But when we're starting to move into the blame, shame and complain game, we're taking shit personally. So if you notice that you're blaming other people for your situation, like externally, you know, trying to outsource how you're feeling, it's your fault that I feel this way. Mm. I may or may have done that a few times in my life, right? It's your fault. It's your fault. It's actually no one else's fault, unfortunately. So this is where we go to you being more emotionally mature. It's like, you actually can't make me feel anyway. That's purely me nobody can tell you how to feel they can't make you feel a certain way you're choosing to feel that way and when you understand that and you don't take shit personally that increases your energy and at the end of the day energy is everything so we want you to have great energy so that you can show up being the calm in the storm for everyone else around you hopefully that was useful so out of all of those let's just reflect we'll go through our notes again Sam okay so what were the nine right okay number one
1: Whoa. Set boundaries, was
0: it? Yep. Set, Set boundaries. Set boundaries.
1: Number one.
0: Practice the pause technique. See their perspective. Learn how to deal with disappointment. Like, oh, that was a little bit harsh for me, that, that one, wasn't okay. it? Learn how to meet your needs. Yes. And let people have their reactions. Mm. Like, just let them have it. Like, be okay without judgment. Know when
1: you're low on emotional resources. So when you're feeling a bit
0: blue or low. And then the last one is don't take it personally. So those are our nine, like nine, like this many. Like we've given you lots of tools today on how you can step into your big girl undies or your big boy undies depending on which undies you want to wear on the day because we're not (laughs) going to judge you, right? Like anyone can wear any undies. It doesn't matter. It's not about that. What it's about is how do you want to show up in life and if you truly want to take responsibility for how, you want to live and you want to create your life by design, if that's you, then just applying or even having awareness around these steps that we spoke about today will give you the the opportunity to take some power back. And that's really important because most of us unconsciously give our power away. We give our power away because our emotional home is impacted because we're deciding to live in this emotional home. And we'll talk about the emotional home next week's episode, right? We decide to live there. And then before we know it, that's our new pattern. That's our new identity. So by taking some control back, by stepping outside of our comfort zone, by applying some of these principles, that's going to make us feel like we are more in control, it's going to give us more certainty. It's going to make us feel empowered because we are now leading by example. So in our communities, we are being the people that people want to be. Like we're not being reactive anymore and we're being proactive, which means our energy is not getting drained. And when we show up, with such certainty and positivity and enthusiasm and being energetic and being vibrant who wants to be around those people let's be clear fucking everybody yeah like just everybody everybody wants then they're drawn to really high energy people so (sighs) That's what we had for you today. Yeah, I thought that was—that's a lot. That's a lot to that's process. Lot. So you may want to just rewind this and listen to this a couple of times. Identify which ones are going to be like I just said to you. Which ones? Are, which practices do you feel will be the most challenging or most difficult for you moving forward? And maybe those are the ones that you want to journal on first. So yes. until next week, go out there, have an amazing week. We look forward to getting all your responses about this one and. I love the fact that so many people decided to privately message us last week from Gaslighting Podcast. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you because this inspired this episode. So until next week, everybody, sprinkle some magic on someone because you don't know who needs your energy right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or share it on the socials. And don't forget to tag me on hashtag MFM, Mind Fitness Mentor. And if nobody's told you today, remember, you are loved, you matter, and you are more than enough. Remember, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. I can't wait to see you then.